0: behind the bars That's Hannibal Who's that played by four different stars That's Hannibal And whose face is detachable That's Hannibal
1: And who's everybody's favorite cannibal
2: That's Hannibal stupid.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. This is the podcast that exists. Why do we exist, Jordan?
2: To prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals.
0: And we also exist because, gosh darn it, if Jordan and I don't love movies. And we love sitting there, and we love analyzing them, and sometimes a movie's good, and we love talking about that. Sometimes it's bad, and sometimes it's somewhere in the middle. And today... We're going to talk about one that I haven't actually decided where I would put it, but um, Like if
2: it's good, bad, or in the middle?
0: Yeah. Oh. When, yeah, but I don't want to spoil it because here's the thing, folks, in a few minutes, we're going to get through a little bit of the production notes, but we're going to have um, the uncredited art director on this on this very movie. He, We're interviewing him, and so that's going to be inserted in just a few minutes. So you're going to want to listen to that.
2: His name is Marco Trentini.
0: Awesome. Yes. And he, he, uh, we haven't recorded the interview yet, but, uh, I'm sure it's awesome. And, uh, that's just like a huge bucket list for us. Mm -hmm. Um, we've always wanted to talk to someone who's involved in the actual movie that we're discussing. So that is incredibly exciting. Um, but before we get into that, we got to talk about this movie a little bit. So, um, this movie is directed by Ridley Scott, who the year before had, I mean, everybody knows who Ridley Scott is. I don't think I need to go through his filmography, but the year before he'd done Gladiator. And then the same year that this comes out.
2: Oh, he hasn't done Gladiator yet?
0: The the year before this movie, he does Gladiator. Okay. And then this movie comes out in 2001. And then the same year in 2001, he also releases Black Hawk Down. So that's where he's at in his career. Is
2: that a military movie?
0: Yeah, okay. yeah, it's about like a helicopter that gets shot down. Probably and then, Black Hawk? Yeah, and then um, Orlando Bloom and a bunch of other guys mm-hmm. are, from what I remember, really good.
2: Cool, I've just not seen it.
0: Been a long time though, and I think the the older I get, the more I'm not a huge fan of um, how Ridley Scott shoots action sequences, so I don't know if I, that movie would hold up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he, he uh, directed this movie, and then I want to point out... One of the producers is Dino De Laurentiis, and he—I'm pointing out that he's a producer. Him and his wife Martha, because um, they also produced Manhunter, but they did not produce Silence of the Lambs. And why not? They pretty much, after Manhunter, didn't really do well. They were like, oh, they were like, oh yeah, Orion Pictures, go ahead and do it. We're not really concerned about it and
2: <laughs> This is kind of funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then when Silence did well, they were like, Ooh, Thomas Harris, you got to write another book. Please, 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 we want to make more of these. Because when Silence came out, there was not a third book.
2: And the author didn't really have plans, or maybe like.
0: I don't know about that portion of it. Hmm. But we're going to get into that. I'm just So then just they make the this table. movie
2: and they're like, Oh, this wasn't as successful as Silence of the Lambs.
0: I think it was a lot more financially successful than oh, Silence of the Lambs. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got a huge box office, but that's because Silence of the Lambs did true, so well. True. Yeah, that's true. Which is usually the case.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Um, even if a movie is not as well received, if it's the sequel to something like really well received, it's usually a bigger, but like. That it, makes sense. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so then the screenplay is by David Mamet, who did The Untouchables, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, About Last Night, amongst many, many movies. And I think he did some plays and stuff like that. And it's also Steve Zalian who did Clear and Present Danger, Mission Impossible One, American Gangster, Gangs of New York, Moneyball, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo.
2: This is who again?
0: Steve Zalian. Who's what? One of the screenplay. Okay. And uh, um, he also did The Irishman. Jeez. He's got a pretty impressive team. Yeah. Um, Hans Zimmer did the music was not crazy about the score to this movie um the cinematography is john matheson who is a ridley scott guy he does a ton of ridley scott movies and he's also doing the upcoming doctor strange 2 okay um but now would be a good time to talk about the art direction wouldn't you say jordan Mm -hmm. okay let's do it Hello, everyone. Welcome to the interview portion of this episode. We have one of the art directors for the movie, Marco Trentini. Welcome to the show, Marco.
3: Thanks a lot. Thank you for inviting me. It's it's really big pleasure for me. Cool. Yeah.
2: When you when we Micah reached out to you, were you kind of thinking like, why does he want to talk about a movie I did twenty years ago?
3: But you know, uh, it's uh, it's always nice to talk about something. Nice to remember, anyway. Yeah, and uh, and I think also that uh, this movie it's one of the movie that uh, changed a little bit my career.
2: Oh wow! And, cool. Uh,
3: yes, yes, uh, because uh, that was uh, the first movie I did uh, with uh, with Ridley Scott.
0: Ah yes.
3: You know, and uh, and after that, of course came some other, other movies, but that was the first impact with uh, with the, I think, for me, is the best director ever because uh, I saw him working and uh, uh, how he prepared the movie, how he's, uh, he's in the movie, in the story, in the costume, the art department. Uh, so uh, for me, it was uh, almost shocking, you know, because uh, yeah. to be close to such a big, big, big uh, director
0: yeah yeah was that was that ever kind of strange being on set with hopkins and and seeing him in that character
3: uh yes yes and it was scary the first i remember i remember the first (laughs) shooting day the first shooting day uh i I mean i was not on set i was not a standby i was preparing the set so i just be there to to be close to the designer and not dispenser and uh and I saw the Anthony Hopkins, and uh, I mean, he was into the part. You know, he was uh-huh. with yeah. Hannibal Lecter. I mean, <laughs> that was so weird <laughs> because I saw him. I saw him before they did a, like an interview present. They present to the to the uh-huh. to the press, and when he was dressed, ready to to start shooting, he was another one. He was him. He was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> yes, yes, and also, also, I remember one scene when it uh, dropped uh, it drop the screen over over the Patsy, the 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 specter, mm-hmm. the policeman. That was a scene that were, uh, was supposed to be prepared by the, by the special effects, just pulling down, pulling down the, the the screen, the clothes, no? Yeah, and uh, I think they were busy to do something else, something that was uh, unexpected. So myself and my assistant uh, alessandro santucci uh, we try to do our best so we we hook the rope and uh, i ask uh, please uh, sorry but you know i'm not from special effects so when you pull <laughs> it pull it really strong once because uh, uh, that's the only way that could work the system and i did it once okay good second take good third just in case good And then I I went close to him and say uh, thanks a lot because uh, I mean uh, you know I was a little worried that uh, couldn't work and he said this is my job I pay for this yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh, from from such a big actor like him uh, you know also sometimes uh, you don't expect nice uh, word right
2: yeah right
0: totally (laughs) that's so cool um so so for our audience and for us yes when when we watch a movie what what should we be looking for if we're interested in in seeing what you do or in other words like what do you do on a set because it's kind of an under talked about yeah. part of the industry
3: yeah yes of course okay let's start to say that you know uh, I have I want to tell a story about myself into this movie because it's a little uh uh for me, it was a pleasure, but I was not supposed to do that movie because I've been I've been called by by Dante Ferretti for Gangs of New York at the time.
1: Wow!
0: Oh,
3: wow! Okay, so uh, as a director, but uh, they were they have so much delayed on starting the movie, and this in during this time, uh, my father my father was a line producer on uh, on Hannibal. And he said, please, could you, inter- uh, could you interview some uh, director and set dresser for, for uh, Norris Spencer? Because he, he doesn't know anyone. So I, m- I met uh, with the, with the, with the Norris uh, some people. And at the end of, uh, like, I, I present like uh, five directors, uh, 10 set designers, uh, four set de- decorator. He came to me and said, stop, stop. I don't want anybody else than you. You need to work with me. So like, uh-huh. I can. I, I can't because I give my I give my word to to Dante.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And basically, yeah, but you know, you know, this is Ridley Scott. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, but then that is the you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: But but uh because I had you know I had a family, of course, and I say, okay, the first that start uh, this is uh, First room yeah. of the cinema, no? First train that ter- that pass in front of you, you have to jump. You right. jump off. and so I call Dante and I say and I say, uh, sorry, but uh, I can't wait for your movie, and uh, I need to go to work uh, for for someone else. So and then I started as assistant director because uh, as a director we had only one guy was Pierluigi Basile, my mentor. Also I started with him. Okay but during the during the preparation the designer fell in love with me because uh, i mean maybe uh, because you know be more uh, be younger uh, mm-hmm. more ready to 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 do what he wants to go mm-hmm. here or there so at the end of the movie at the end of the movie i uh, i talked with him said thanks for the for the nice uh, experience I say you would be surprised because i i went straight to the producer and i said that you are my art director mm-hmm. for me it was a big surprise and anyway and then back to your your question of course my job was to uh, find with with the location managers uh, a nice location that could fit right. with, with the script but also that uh, Ridley could like because you know uh, Ridley has his point of view and uh, and of course you need to give several uh, possibility and uh and then of course you know we started to draw to give some 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 ideas of uh in- interiors uh, no we didn't do many drawings uh, because uh, at the beginning there were not so much to build uh, okay but only to for example to put some plug onto the windows uh, shops redressing yeah. uh, more such dressing uh, to build something but uh, after the technical scout uh we found out that Ridley couldn't shoot the main scene. So when Hannibal is killing Patsy, the, the policeman, mm-hmm. yeah, he couldn't shoot inside Palazzo Vecchio because uh, the rooms, the rooms were not big enough, and also probably nobody knows that behind the the balcony of Palazzo Vecchio, the facade, doesn't exist any room. It's just a staircase, you know. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> We didn't know too, so when we scouted, they, <laughs> yeah. they opened this little door. So we were waiting for this beautiful, you know, decorated yeah. room with friends uh-huh. here and there. We found this staircase that was just going up like to the sky, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and That's so, so funny. Yeah, so it didn't work for the, for the scene. So let's say that in, in uh, four days, we draw the set. Uh, me and, and my and my assistant uh, Alessandro, and uh, we show drawings, of course, some drawings uh, to to Italy, and say, okay, okay, go for. So we start mm. to look where to build because in Florence they, were, they didn't have any any stages. So we found this huge immense uh, uh, deposit uh, for the uh, Maggio Fiorentino, which is the the uh, the main the main theater in in Florence. Okay. That these big big spaces so we built the set that you will, you can see in the in the in the movie where there the it, it takes this speeching to like like this lesson to the um, with the screen and projection mm-hmm. this is built yeah this, this is built okay. Oh, okay we built the interior and the facade with the same balcony matching the real balcony uh, Very for cool. the close up for the close-up to the to the actors. So. And, uh, and we had uh, three weeks to build the set. So the problem was not just to build the walls, okay? Walls and columns or whatever, but was uh, what to put on the walls, you know? Because the Palazzo Vecchio is full of frescoes. So Pierluigi Basile, the the art director, let's say the oldest art director, the senior director called, uh, Two fantastic painters, uh, Italian painters. Uh, they do frescoes, mm-hmm. but uh, they asked for like a month of, of work. They wanted to work wow. on, the, on the, uh, in Rome and send and send what they did on paper, or whatever. On, uh, but it, it didn't work out.
2: Yeah.
3: And and uh, luckily, we luckily we found out that there were a company in uh, in Italy. They were starting to do these uh, frescoes on the wall, like tattoo, like tattooage you nowadays. Oh, okay. You when know, oh. the kids they put the tattoo with the water and right. then yeah. you fill the paper. Right. Uh, so I called this company called, uh, this is called a, a graphic report. And then I explain what we need to do. And they say, yes, we can do in time. Uh, so, uh, I it was really strange, really, really strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And they start to talk about paper, 3D paper, uh, excuse me, 3M paper, uh, printing, uh, toner. So something, uh, you know, at the beginning, uh, that was a time where we started to use computers. And there was not even, uh, we didn't know much about computers, (laughs) printing like that. You know, we're still drawing uh, by hand. Sure, yeah. 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 And doing blueprints with ammonia. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so they, I asked uh, ask an example. So they sent two days later an example uh, with a box was was crater, like a meter by meter. And it was shocking because it looked like a piece of uh, uh, the Cathedral Assisi felt and uh-huh. stole it. You know, It was like cement with this uh-huh. print over uh, the fresco. And it looks so real. Uh-huh. That, uh, so we gave to them the job, and uh, in three weeks we finished, We built, and then we start shoot. That uh, uh, the main wow. scene. That was the main scene, you know. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. That that's like classic movie magic stuff <laughs> yeah. that you love yeah. to hear. Yeah, about. yeah.
3: yeah. This, is, this is this is what still make me love uh, this job. You know this yeah. work. Yeah. Sure. Say, because uh, some it's not more like before. I have to say, <laughs> yeah. I come from. Uh, my grandfather work in the movie business. My father, and then me. That's it. My my daughter. She will not work in the movie business. <laughs> <laughs> it will end like that. But uh, so it changed a lot the way to work. Uh, they changed to deal with the producers uh, with the movie. I mean, anyway, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, still, when you have some problems and you you find a solution and uh, everybody are happy, and then they shoot, they shoot something that could be impossible. That's how yeah. you say, it's so magical that, uh, you know, part of our really, it's like uh, taking some drugs, you no? Know? This is- Yeah, yeah it's like you get <laughs> a is high. This our drugs. This is our drugs. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that is uh, one episode, I mean, of... we can have <laughs> so, many, so many because, uh, you know, uh, working with Italy is a kind of, okay, there are so many changes sometimes, Mm-hmm. But uh, but he knows he knows exactly. So even if there are some changes, he he, he, he give you the, he will give you the time to to do what needs to be done in the best way. You know? So for example, one day remember he was shooting uh, he was shooting in the center of Florence something and uh, Teddy Needham who was the first his first ID
1: called mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm.
3: say uh, Marco, uh, we need to shoot now the exterior police station. I said no, it's, it's been canceled. So we stop uh, working, even making the graphic of uh, the police station, oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. anything. And say come on set. So I was like three minutes away from from the set. I walk and I found already the truck, camera ready, special effects. We smoke machine, no, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what is the the, 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 the exterior? Say, and it was a Dutch bank, so it was the exterior. Oh, the Deutsche wow. bank. <laughs> <laughs> and the Ridley said, Marco, come, come. I said, Yeah, but Ridley, I don't, I what can I do? There's nothing I can do. So, don't worry, I'm gonna shoot in a way that you know we don't see any any signage, right? but you have to cover me. The the, the machine that you could we call Bancomat is where you get the money.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So I called immediately, you know, the guy with the, with the plywood, with stick plywood, uh, with some uh, black uh, black uh, veneer, we put it, you know, over, just uh-huh. very quick, very quick. But this is uh, this is this is another part of the our you know beauty of the movie that you can uh, really uh, do something that you'd never expect, you know, because uh, yeah, you know, never, never. Yeah, that's like creative cool. problem
2: solving. It's awesome.
3: <laughs> I know this. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> we we could be part of the government because we are so good <laughs> to, make, to solve problems. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's very cool. Um. And and I I gotta you know compliment you because I I had very mixed feelings about the story of the movie. But it just looked fantastic, yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: yes.
0: And this, especially the Italy scenes—you just get swept away, yeah—in yeah. in this cool vision, and it looked beautiful. So
3: it looked look beautiful. Uh, in fact, even the writer, the, the writer of the book, when he came, when he came, uh, he was very pleased uh, because uh, let's—I have to say that uh, Italy gave. Uh, a different look of Florence, which is uh, more gothic, which is not mm-hmm. Florence is not got the look is more colorful. No,
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, Gothic could be, I, in fact, I say why was never wrote the story in Venice where, you know, Lector could walk uh, to the channel, you know, with yeah. the, the, the yeah. foggy, foggy town, uh, but all started because, uh, because uh, the writer uh, was a good friend of Caponi. Okay. Uh, Caponi family, where also we shot the interior. So Hannibal was living in this beautiful palace uh, mm-hmm. which owned by the, Campo- the Caponi family. And part of the movie was, was vr, uh, written there. So, uh, mm. Addis Abbe was spending the time in uh, in uh, in Florence. But the Greedley, I think, gave a little grayish color, you know, a little bit uh, uh, gothic uh, style to the movie. Yeah. And... Uh, and I think also uh, you're right. I think not because I I work on, but the path of Florence was more interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh,
3: yes, we we also we also um, scouted many many locations, beautiful locations. Mm. Then for different reason, you know, uh, we didn't shoot. We changed uh, at the last minute. But uh, but Florence gave an immense possibility to to Italy to to shoot uh, what he wanted. You know the one of the most beautiful scene for me is the opera, the opera scene. Yeah, and that uh, that was done was shot in, in the in the in the, the cloister of uh, of the the church, which is the, the, the Pazzi chapel. Oh,
2: you know? okay. It's,
3: it's all part of the story because uh, the, the the Pazzi family. Uh, uh the policeman was part of the patsy family so it was right. all connected with the, with the policeman mm-hmm. and uh, so we built the stage uh dressing made this beautiful work with this veil this uh, this clothes and uh, and uh, the the funny thing that uh, we didn't know how to let the people sit down in that cluster because you know it's it's grass so every seat we would put the seat the seat was just going down into the into the to the to the, <sighs> the, the land because yeah, uh, yeah the weight so uh, i became friend of the of the of the priest of the church and i said listen we're gonna shoot at night okay and uh, i promise you on um, i swear god so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you give me the benches of your church Okay, tomorrow morning, which was Sunday also, you're going to oh, find yeah. all the benches inside, clean, in position. And I make a little offer. So I made this personal, personal offer from my wallet uh, to the church. Uh-huh. Uh? It cost me at the time, uh, the time, uh, uh, I think it was uh, 2000, Was was still in Lire, in Lire. We were, we were paying in Lire, yes. like uh now it would be in euros would be like 200 euros uh, so like uh, okay. for me was a lot yeah yeah but, but the guy say, okay take it but tomorrow morning please seven o'clock i want the church dressed so that's that happened you know so and then you see all the people dressing to them sitting on the benches Real benches so you're
0: right. behind the benches. <laughs> I'm
3: behind the benches.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Very cool. Oh man. So um, I want. Did you have any part in? Um, well, I'm sure you did. I'm just. I wanted to ask about the iconic, crazy dinner scene at the end of the movie, mm. with the with Ray Liotta's brain being eaten. Was was did you no, have anything?
3: No, no, no. That was part in the United States. Okay, yeah. so you you just worked on the Italian yeah, yeah, no, part did, yeah, of it. Yeah, we oh, did, okay. Yes, because uh, we were preparing at the same time United States and Florence. Oh, okay. In fact, fact uh, Norris Spencer, the designer, uh, so at a certain moment he left. He left uh, Florence because uh, he had more problems. Let's say problems or whatever. He, what is what he said in uh, in the United States, than not in Florence, because Florence was really under control. It was
2: uh okay. It
3: was all fine. So uh, at the moment when we started to shoot, for, like the first uh, day or, or second day, he left. Uh, he went back to the United states uh, to to find oh. a location. Uh, so we were like free, me and uh, and Pia yeah. Luz, We were really free to to do whatever you know. Not what we like it, but what we like it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny because you know when. I mean, mm-hmm. you you probably not so much because you see so much behind the scenes. But when we're watching a movie, sometimes you forget about shooting schedules. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, everyone's there on every day, and then I'm and then you oh, bring this that is, up.
3: This is, this is our problems just <laughs> yeah. because sometimes, you know, you 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 do your planning. You do you know we put on the wall you know all the the days and the, what are the shooting mm-hmm. the prepping uh, striking. And for some time, for some reason, like for example, the uh, an actor needs to go to the festival of whatever, you know, uh, needs to needs to live to a couple of days, or change. And then right. sometimes, oh wow, a set that was supposed to be shoot to the end, uh, they push uh, forward. No? Uh so it's 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 the schedule is always like uh, my our first. Uh, enemy sometimes
2: right
0: yeah especially oh yeah that's crazy especially
3: because before i think we, there were more uh preparation timing
2: mm-hmm. and
3: now it's even shorter and shorter you know uh the last movies i work on i usually we had uh, seven seven weeks to prep six weeks to prep reconstruction huh? i'm talking with reconstruction yeah
0: Oh my goodness. Uh,
3: and you need to start drawing and at the same time as soon you you finish now it's sometimes you do just sketch up drawing so quick you no know, at least yeah. the section manager can start to build uh, the volume and then uh, you give it the, the details you know. Mm-hmm. But wow. The scheduler uh, uh, it's, it's sometimes a very very tough with us.
0: Yeah. And so as as the industry has progressed, and there's a little more reliance on blue screens and green screens and digital effects, has that have you noticed that affecting your work and your jobs?
3: In a way, in a way, sometimes uh, helps because mm-hmm. uh, because of course uh, the, you uh, you can make some more beautiful set up to five six meters, and then they will stand. Uh, or oh, you did ju- just do concentrate on a part and then uh, and then they, they help us, no? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the most important thing is is that the beginning to find the, the, the connection with the visual effects. If you have okay. a nice guy, nice guy, at the beginning that comes with with us on doing the scouting, this is a secret because you can tell, okay, don't worry, up to do up to here, it's your job. And then it's mine, so we don't lose time also to draw more than what you know uh, we need to to build. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. But uh, vice versa, I sometimes you know on Instagram I I I spend hours uh, looking at the, so this uh, this visual effects. Uh, uh, it is all green, green screen, you know. Mm-hmm. That's movies where you have only one share or a little or a little ramp uh, be the yeah. like, action and then uh, then you see you see that they are in the in beautiful palace uh, castle or in the middle of uh, the beautiful forest uh, which sometimes i understand that uh, that uh, is impossible to, for example for tarzan to be in the jungle no okay it's quite mm-hmm. yeah but there are some movies which i think uh, visual effects are too much and also for the yeah. actors actors i think uh, there need to be very good actors because work uh, and shoot uh, around the uh, green screen is not easy mm-hmm. uh, i right. can tell you i can tell you i i work as a as a director on the uh, pilot of tyrant is a tv series okay.
2: cool. yeah
3: and uh, the first uh, the, the pilot was uh, was directed by david yates so you know okay. you, yeah. And uh, so we scouted. Uh, we, sh- we shot the movie, the series the, the in uh, between Marrakesh and Rabat, the capital in Morocco. Yeah. And uh, we took him in three some very, very hard and difficult places. You know, yeah. Neighbor, very difficult, very tough. And one day it was me and him uh, because uh, because. Uh, we couldn't go to many people. So we just met him, the location manager, security guy. And uh, when we left, he said, Marco, thanks a lot. I said, why? I mean, this is our job, but we are here to go, to help you. He said, no, 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 you can't believe. After so many years scouting stages with green screen, now I can <laughs> scout real location. They also the very best smell, but they looked flowers for me because you know. Yeah. So, so it was oh, funny wow. because, because of course you know, imagine the Harry Potters, no?
2: Right. Yeah. Uh,
3: which they built a lot anyway, but right. I understand that for a director to be in the in the neighborhood with the you see the destroyed houses or mm-hmm. dirty dirty streets like that, it gives a little bit more the feeling of what it should be, you know.
2: Definitely, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, and th- this
0: movie has that uh, particularly, and I'm not just saying this because you're on here. the <laughs> The European stuff is like, I mean, I could imagine if I was an actor, which I'm not, I could imagine walking onto that beautiful set. You're like, oh, okay, I can do this. This is easy because it looks so great, you know. So yeah. it's very cool.
2: Yeah.
3: But for the for the rest, uh, we had the mayor of the city helping us. Uh, the, oh, people, cool. the people, the people, quite, uh, quite nice. You know, Florence, the Florentine people are not easy, but yeah. uh, they help uh, quite a lot. Also, maybe because you know they like Anthony Hopkins. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and also, also, uh, the time uh, was a release, uh, just release uh, Gladiator. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so I think also, I mean, Ridley Scott is is a huge name in Italy, As, right. uh, as a director. So this helps a lot, helps a lot. Yep.
0: Oh yeah. Cause gladiator Rome, Italy. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Which you know, well, that uh, when they did, when they did the gladiators, uh, uh, we were in Malta at the same times we were doing U-571, they were doing gladiators. Yeah. And I remember one day we were, uh, we were, um, testing the big crane for the, for the rain uh, over, uh-huh. over the submarines. For the night scene and it was so windy that the rain went over the 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 set of Ridley Scott so we were oh, to... no. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but they, so they came immediately running now they say stop stop stop, stop. yeah yeah and, and here because yeah, it was like more than one kilometer but we had this huge construction <laughs> yeah. crane uh, over the pool no
2: right
0: <laughs> oh my gosh well, one one more final thing for me that I wanted to ask is: yeah. y- you've worked on one of our favorite movies and with one of our favorite directors, which is the. And I forgot I was going to wear the sweatshirt I have, uh, "The Life Aquatic" with Steve Zissou, and you worked ah. with Wes Anderson.
3: Uh, yes, but uh, but honestly, honestly, I work uh, for like two months. Uh-huh. Uh. For them, but then I left. I left the movie because uh, because I've been called uh, to work as a supervising art director on Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, oh okay. Uh, so uh, you know, I went with uh, with uh, the supervising art director Stefano Tolani. We went to uh, on Holland in uh, in uh, in Amsterdam just to look for the the boat. Uh huh then we went to south africa where we found uh, the boat that was close enough uh, and uh, we bought, we bought two 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 american boats wow. one to cut mm-hmm. and send in rome to, to use the pieces for the interior on the stage right. and one to shoot on the sea on the sea and wow. uh, and uh, the funny thing that you know is been pointed the one that uh, needs to be cut because they have only one engine uh, that work. The other one has two. And of course, <laughs> what they did, they cut the one that has two engines. No, So there was very long uh, travel from South Africa uh, to to Italy. Very long. Wow. So I have only. I, I I didn't meet him. I I was supposed also to to work uh, with them uh, on the the new one in Rome in Rome. And now they're moving to Spain. Oh yeah. Okay. So so I I um, I I can't I can't lie. I mean, it didn't work. I really didn't <laughs> yeah. work. I did, I did some drawings. I did some yeah. drawing. But uh, not enough to say that I really participate uh, a lot on that project.
2: Okay. But you know okay. uh,
3: the call the call of uh, to make another Ridley Scott movie where we did huge huge constructions, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it was more interesting for me
0: yeah yeah well that's i mean hey more more power to you that's awesome yeah and hey if you help find the boats that's that's cool enough yeah, to
2: me that's great <laughs> no, I,
3: mean, that, I mean of course always with the help of production because you know that if you have let, let's say also because i i of course i told you i come from a, from a family working production and i can tell you if you have a very good production behind you it's mm-hmm. easier to work yeah, yeah. Mm, uh, I met very good people like Blanco Lustig, for example, one of the best producer. Uh, mm-hmm. He was very help, helpful with the, with construction, with my crew. I brought I brought, uh, I brought on, on on the Kingdom of Heaven uh, like 35-38 Italians in Morocco. You know, it's not quite a big crew, mm-hmm. and 12-14 uh, 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 Croatian because he was. Uh, but, you know, the, the secret, if you work with the, some good production that understand that you are not uh, the enemy of the production because uh, the art department is, art department, constructions, addressing, they're always mm-hmm. the one that spend the money. Yeah. <laughs> have, right. Right. <laughs> especially <laughs> when you need to build, no? Yeah. You have to ask for wood, uh, suppliers, uh, laborers. Uh, plaster carpenters blah 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 (laughs) and and so sometimes we look like we are the people that like to spend money but you know it's not for us it's for the the show yeah yeah Yeah. then very uh, cool uh, so this is uh what i can tell you (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean
2: i i didn't i mean we covered all the things i wanted to cover i I, one thing that I enjoyed really about the movie with it taking place in Florence uh, a little selfishly is we spent our honeymoon in Italy huh. and we spent some time in Florence and I have, I hadn't seen the movie since we've been married. And so, huh? like, watching the movie and, like, seeing it, it was just like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to go back.
3: <laughs> I, no, I, we've been there. We've been there. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's like recognizing places. It was... You I always you always got to love that in a movie, too. And it's like, oh, I, I've been there, so I know what it looks like in person, but the way that they're, like, doing it for this movie is so cool.
3: Yeah. It's like yeah. a side you, I've never you know, seen. You know, well, in fact, I, I, I think that... Uh, um, in the backstage, when they do the backstage, or they do at the end of the movie, anyway, everybody, every movie should have this part where really show the how the, the movie was was done, was prepared. No? Yeah. Even, mm-hmm. Because some people, some people, I have a lot of friends that uh, they think that you know we go, we shoot, they put the camera and uh, and we shoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, that all, all the actresses fell in love with us, or uh, uh-huh. vice versa, you know, the, the, the women are in love with all the actors. So it uh-huh. is a kind of uh, strange ideas that people have, no? Yeah. But uh, but so it would be nice if sometimes movies show exactly since the first day, scouting, scouting under the rain uh, with the snow, even uh, in, in, in Venice with the, the, the water you know, up mm-hmm. to the, the, the knees, no? Yeah. And, and picking different locations that, that sometimes even you built and then never never been uh, shot before. Shut because, you know, change yeah. ideas, schedule, as we right. say, schedule change and then set are never used. So this is something that people really don't know about our job. Yeah. Uh, and would be very... Ah, by the way, just last thing, uh, you said that you... <laughs> uh, you went to to, to to Florence and then uh, he said, ah you, to yeah. be that we didn't know that that was there there. I remember when we prepared the exterior of uh, of uh, uh, the house where Annibal was living. Uh, mm-hmm. We used the exterior. The night scene was uh, was in uh, uh, ospedale degli Innocenti. It's a square with mm-hmm. this ancient hospital. And uh, this is a place where a lot of tourists goes to, to to look. It's like a museum, okay? Yeah. So we went to prepare the scene, and of course we cover, we plug the the real plug of the museum, and we put. Yep. I Remember, whatever palazzo or whatever, so completely different. So we just plug the real the real sign, and uh, I was there to check, and then a bus arrived with. Mm-hmm. 60 Chinese or Japanese, <laughs> yeah, I <don't> know.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> and they they start to stand in front of the palace, blah, 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 talking like that <laughs> and, and yeah. pointing that that was the hospital at the Innocenti Hospital Innocenti, uh. but the sign say something different, no? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So, I mean, I. I did I was. I was laughing so much yeah. that yeah. I didn't have the time to stop them. To stop these right. people, it's, they, it's... they jumped into the bus and they left.
2: Yeah. So they went home and they were like, "Yeah, this it's, it's, is. I can show you exist. where that was." It doesn't Yeah. Exist. yeah. This,
3: yeah. this book is no good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. Well, thank you yeah, so thank much you. for coming on. We I appreciate know, your pleasure. generosity.
3: This- Whenever, whenever you want to talk about our other movies, you know, just send me an email. I, I have a lot to do to say. <laughs> cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Love it's it. It. it's great. And um, yeah, I, we're just thankful. We this has been like a, a when we started this podcast, we always said it'd be so cool if we could ever talk to someone who worked on one of the movies we're covering. So bucket list check today.
2: Mm-hmm. Ah, so good. thank
0: you and yeah.
2: great great oh. job yeah amazing <laughs> thank, amazing
3: thank no i i also uh i mean because after twenty-four when, when, years i i i saw the movies two days ago mm-hmm. and uh you know of course i was uh, i was surprised because sometimes you don't remember you know when right. i do a movie sometimes i don't remember also because i when i see the movies that i i do the point of view is completely different from a normal audience you know because I start to look to to remember why we shot there. Uh, yeah. If I see any any problems any mistakes, uh, this is for every movie, huh? Every movie. Yeah. When I go to the theater, I, and if it's a good movie, I have to go twice. Yeah. The first yeah. is just you know like cutting the script, no, breaking yep. down the movie, even if it's not mine. Yeah. I want yeah, right. to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Well that's wonderful. Um thank you
0: so much. Yeah, it's thank a you. pleasure thank to meet you.
3: No, pleasure for, for me for me and uh, and uh, I hope to to talk with you soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We would love that. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> okay, and uh, for you it's uh, it's day. Good, have a good day. <laughs> you too. Yeah, yeah. yeah you- still
0: it, yeah, have a good night. <laughs> Okay, so now let's talk about the movie comes out February 9th, 2001. So it's 10 years after Silence of the Lambs, almost to the day, because that one came out in 91, right? Not 90. That sounds right. Okay, and remember it came out on Valentine's Day. So this is like 10 years later. Here we go. The budget is 87 million. Domestically, it makes 165 and then worldwide it makes 351.6.
2: Yeah, that's a pretty big success.
0: Huge. But now let's get into
2: What about critically? Mixed. Okay.
0: Mixed. So um now we got to get into do, do you want you you kind of research the novel a little bit? Do you want to talk about that at all or do you want me to talk about the novel and the filming process?
2: Uh you can talk about that. And okay. then I can interject. Okay. That sounds
0: good. Um, So Jonathan Demme, who, reminder for the listeners, he directed Silence of the Lambs. He expressed interest in a sequel when Harris was done writing the third Mm -hmm. Hannibal book. And we already talked about Dino and Martha uh, de la Rentes. You know, they didn't produce Silence of the Lambs, but then they were like ready to go. And as soon as Thomas Harris called them and said, I'm done with the book, they were like, okay, they bought it for $10 million, the rights.
2: I bet he could have gotten more.
0: well, it said on the note that for it was a record ten million dollars. Oh, okay. So I think that was like at least for the time. I just hope
2: he got he got as much as he could get. Yeah. And it sounds like he did.
0: He did. (laughs) Um and then Demi takes a look at the material, starts reading the book, and he says he found the material too lurid and gory. And he said, quote, this is crazy. Quote, Tom Harris as unpredictable as ever took Clarice and Dr. Lecter's relationship in a direction that just didn't compute for me. And Clarice is drugged up and she's eating brains with him and I just thought, I can't do this. Yeah. De Laurentiis said of Demi's decision to decline, one of the producers Uh said, when the Pope dies, we create a new Pope. Good luck to Jonathan Demi. Goodbye.
2: What is that? (laughs) What does that mean? I know. So, huh?
0: Yeah. So right away you have the definitive Hannibal people, um, Jonathan Demi being the one, and uh, we'll talk about Jodie Foster in a little bit here. And they're like, "Oh, this isn't, this is not the story we told. It would feel wrong for us to return."
2: Yeah, he probably. Well, I guess I'm just assuming because I haven't read the books, but Demi might have read the book and was like, "Clarice, uh, she's just kind of a lady that all the guys fawn over, but not in a, like a feminist way in the last movie." Yeah especially with the end of the book. It's like everything that he built upon is kind of taken torn down in this movie. I'll speak to the movie, which yeah. is a huge bummer.
0: Well, so I, when we started this series, we read, we watched Manhunter and I thought, oh man, I want to read these books bad because this is cool. We watched House of the Lambs and I'm thinking, I got to read mm-hmm. these books and then reading about the production of this movie. So last night when we watched the movie, it was my first time. Was it, it was your second time? I've seen
2: it before, yeah. But it was, it's was it been so long that it was kind of like watching it for the first time. Right,
0: And I did remember you saying that I was just setting up the audience for you. Thanks. Um, I listen. Um, But I, it, it really felt, you know, Manhunter and Sounds of the Lambs have their own distinct style. And I like that. And if you'll remember last week, I even said, I hope that each movie is really distinct in its style. And I'm still hoping that. And I was actually, even though some of ridley's approach to the film i don't particularly like on levels of artistry just personal uh, like taste yeah um i was still like well i'm glad they're not trying to make silence of the lambs i did like that element of the movie but it felt very very different and very very weird in terms of like just themes and motives and it didn't really it was kind of
2: all over the place but it sounds like the book kind of was too well, and this, it also sounds like someone asked him to write the book, and he did it. Like it, I'm, I'm wondering if he always had, you know, he has more to tell, uh-huh. but he didn't feel like any strong need to write one right away. But someone asked him to, so he's like, well, I guess I will because I got more. But maybe it wasn't the right time for him to do it.
0: Well, here is my big take after watching the movie and seeing those two movies and reading about how this movie is made. I think. That it's a problem with the source material, not the movie we watched. Yeah. Is is the impression I'm getting. Because it sounds like, like when we were watching the movie last night, I felt like the movie's just kind of going along and then it has these like pretty insane graphic Uh moments of the movie. Uh Uh-huh. And the movie also felt like it was a lot more concerned with plot than psychology. Whereas the other Uh two movies, you're like in the heads of the characters. Yes. And then reading about how like Demi and again, we'll get into it. Jodie Foster are like seeing what the book is. It seems like they're like, this isn't really about the characters, the way they've been. And
2: I feel like they were hammering so hard that Hannibal was a cannibal. Yeah. So hard. Like it was almost campy a little bit. Like, and and there were some parts of it that i thought were really interesting and with that part of it but it is like even him giving um the italian detective's wife like that that poem by dante Alighieri, i think but it was about like cannibalism and stuff and it's just like why is everything he does cannibalism like it, it seems like it's not like whatever his motivation is cannibalism is a byproduct of it it's like the cause and effect kind of or i don't mm. know but like they they just made it like that was his whole identity yeah. and it just wasn't that interesting
3: it's y- like it's like yeah yeah having
2: a serial killer like having making a movie where someone's a murderer and it's just like ooh, it's so cool look how he's killing it's like Saw, but not like totally but like look at how crazy and gory this person is and how twisted they are and it's like yeah they're just ripping people to shreds uh-huh they're that's it That's how, that's how it felt. Not as insane as that. That was like a crazy example, but that's how it felt.
0: Um, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. And I, but I, but I think like my, my summary, my takeaway is that actually, and this is only a guess I'd have to read the book, which I'm no longer interested in reading this book. I still would like to read red dragon Uh and sounds of the lambs. Um, but if I think if I read this book, I think I would go, Oh, the movie's way better than the book. Is yeah. the impression I'm The book getting.
2: is way more graphic than this movie. Because yeah. we read the synopsis. So, I mean, wh- I'm not going to talk about how much more graphic it is. But, like, there's even, like, some incest stuff. And it's like, why? Why would people want to... No one wants to read about that. And well, then, and
0: it sounds like it's done in a way that's not, not like... It- it f- it feels like the violence and gore in the story and then reading about the extra stuff that's in it is not in there as like a study of humanity no, and, and no. like um depravity and stuff it just feels like it's there because like well Silence of the lambs was really big and that was gory so i need to go gorier is how it,
2: no, it the does. impression i'm getting and the and i'll just talk about it now but cuz i was reading the synopsis and the it ends with clarice and hannibal running off together as lovers yeah, And it's like, no, I mean, I know I haven't read the other books, but like, you know, because it is a series and they're all kind of s- serialized, but it's the same characters. And in the last movie, they make Clarice like very, I don't know, independent. She does what she wants and she's like more, she has morals. Yeah. So therefore she would never do that. That that yeah. like never makes sense for me in a world where she would run away with him. And that so, just doesn't make sense.
0: So, and and I think that leads into, this is a quote from Ridley Scott. Okay. So he said, I couldn't take that quantum leap emotionally on behalf of Starling, referring to the ending of the novel. Certainly on behalf of Hannibal, I'm sure that's been in the back of his mind for a number of years, but for Starling, no. I think one of the attractions about Starling to Hannibal is what a straight arrow she is. Yeah. He also did find the book believable, Or or Ridley uh, did not find the book believable after the opera scene, which became like a vampire movie.
2: (laughs) Um, Okay.
0: And then Harris gave Scott permission to change the ending. Okay. So like that signifies to me, um, I have mixed thoughts about Ridley Scott. I'm like confused about what I think of him as a director, Yeah. but that makes me feel like he actually like reigned in the movie, like to what it could have been.
2: I agree with that.
0: So it, it is a little like like it's making me see the movie in a lot different light than when we were watching it last night as the follow up to Silence of the Lambs. And that's all we knew. Yeah, it feels like, oh, he actually like maybe sanded some edges to like a Definitely. kind of a bad book.
2: Still, though, a movie I would never want to watch again.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. But hey, I'll tell you one thing. It looked great. The art design. And I'm not just saying that because we had him on here. But the the locations and the sets and stuff were fantastic. Yeah, I
2: mean, you're <laughs> shooting in Florence. How could they not look fantastic?
0: Well, I think it's a little more. No, than that. I know,
2: I know, I know, I know, I know. But you, you, they have they like get to start with such yeah. great things, and then what they what they were able to do from there was very cool.
0: But even I mean, then when they get to go to uh, the East Coast of America mm-hmm. and stuff, I mean, all that looks great, and it's it's cool. Yeah. Um. So. Dino De Laurentiis approaches Ridley Scott. He's like, Demi dropped out. I would like you to make this movie Hannibal. And Ridley Scott is on the set of Gladiator when he approaches him. And he says, Dino, I'm doing a Roman epic right now. I don't want to do elephants coming coming over the Alps next old boy, thinking it was the historical figure from Carthage. let me i did not say that well so dino de laurentis comes on to set
2: and he wants me to make oh he thinks hannibal like a mythological character the
0: the the character from from carthage like the history of rome yeah um and that's uh, he's a real person yeah 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 um and so he's like dude i'm doing a roman epic i can't follow it up that's so dumb a roman epic (laughs) (laughs) um ted tally the screenwriter for the previous movie didn't want to write this one because he had problems with the novel. I don't know what the problems were, but he that's what he said. I don't want to do it. Yeah. So once again, you have these people who are like, this book's not they're basically saying the book's not good. Yeah,
2: yeah, kind of.
0: Um, and then Mamet, this is the the first listed screenwriter. Um, apparently his draft is like insanely bad. And oh. Steven Zalian came in and like
2: Oh. was
0: like a huge change like okay. made it much much better. Yeah. That's all I know though. Um Steven Zallian, the writer of Schindler's List, he declined Hannibal saying he was busy and he said this, which we're all this is why we exist, he said, you can almost never win when you do a sequel. And what Boo hoo. Yeah. But then, you know, then he goes on to do it anyway. Yeah. Um so, now let's talk about Jody Foster she was like sounds of the lambs comes out and I'm I'm sure they're just hearing rumblings about him writing a book or something like that. And she's going, I'm excited. I want to do this character again. I love this character. She's ready to go.
2: And then she reads the book.
0: Well, um, and then the, then like years later, Foster said in December, 1999, that the characterization of Starling in the book had negative attributes and betrayed the original character. Amen. And then, in 2005, she has this quote. The official reason I didn't do Hannibal is I was doing another movie, Flora Plum. So I get to say, in a nice, dignified way, (gasps) that I wasn't available when the movie was being shot. Clarice meant so much to Jonathan and I. She really did. And I know it sounds kind of strange to say, but there was no way that either of us could really trample on her.
1: Whoa!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then also Anthony Hopkins has something to say. Yes, he says I was kind of surprised by this book, Hannibal. I thought it was really overreaching and so bizarre, so I couldn't make up my mind about it. Some of it I found intriguing, some I was a little doubtful about hmm. <laughs> that's kind of wild mm-hmm. um, I just wonder if like if if it is that thing that happens sometimes where... Thomas Harris is just like, this is so successful and popular. I really got to outdo myself and doesn't like stay true to the characters. Also,
2: again, someone asked him to do it. It, it didn't yeah. start in a place... you're Well, it
0: may have. I, I didn't look up when he started. I mean,
2: it, no, no, like no. That. But I'm not saying it's like he was like, I'm done with this forever and someone asked him to do it and he scrounged up some stuff. Like, uh-huh. I'm saying he probably had plans and ideas and they just, they had to do it faster or sooner than he maybe was ready for. Whether or not he he consciously knows that.
0: Yeah. They did, They the producers did say that it took a lot longer than they had hoped. So yeah. I think he, he did get... I, I think he did get to do what he wanted to do as an artist. Yeah, but I I th- I don't think that negates your point because yeah. even there might have just been a clicking a clicking. Well, just
2: knowing that it's already going to be turned into a movie.
0: Yeah, is is pressure. Yeah, I mean he could have also just been thinking instead of like I'm gonna sit here and write this book, he could have been thinking I got to really like make this cinematic. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, then. Uh, Just two more notes. Makeup is by Greg Canham. Got to shout that out because the makeup in this movie is
2: crazy. crazy.
0: Um, And then (laughs) co-producer Martha De Laurentiis claimed they had a, quote, funny situation with Oldman wanting a prominent credit. She said, now, how can you have a prominent credit with Hannibal? The characters are Hannibal and Clarice Starling so gosh, we really couldn't who work is
2: this person
0: so we really couldn't work anything out at first oldman was apparently out of the film for a while because he couldn't get a prominent oh my credit gosh
2: get over yourself
0: but then he came back in asking if he could go unbilled and so, so, when, then, so he he
2: was like talking to a friend and just complaining about it And they were like have you ever heard about doing the uncredited the <laughs> unbilled and he's like tell me more
0: and so, um, and that would allow Oldman to transform as un, and be unrecognizable as himself to play the part.
2: As if he wasn't already unrecognizable enough.
0: And then he, uh, in, in, like, even in the theater, like, I-, I saw a note that said later in home releases, they added his name to the credits. So I don't even hmm. think he was in the credits, which is kind of crazy.
2: That is weird.
0: Um, but that's so funny that the the crediting stuff is so fascinating to yeah. me and I love it. I love reading about it, but it is wild that certain certain people make certain decisions based on crediting.
2: I mean, I don't really know. I, I'm really bad with years and like when movies came out, but you know, this movie is like 20 years old now. Uh-huh. And... That, so that's 20 years back in his career before he's done a lot of things that people know him for today, even his Oscar winning thing. Right. But like, maybe that was a point he was in appointment in his career where he was trying to get more notoriety than he, like he already was a big deal, I think during that time, Definitely. but trying to like get prestige yeah. because he's not only that, he's like in a movie with Anthony Hopkins now, which is like a pretty big deal. Uh-huh. So maybe it's like, this is finally maybe a play, you know, like strategy to, to be prominently built And this, prominent big franchise and Uh they were like but do you know what the franchise is yeah it doesn't work that way with this one
0: yeah because this is no no matter no matter who else is in this movie it's anthony hopkins julianne moore or whoever's whoever's Clarice. i mean uh clarice yeah i feel like it has to be i mean unless you have like paul newman in it or something like (laughs) that and then well
2: he would probably be unbilled well he he probably would, would he
0: would get the and or the with yeah you know what you you love see if i was an actor that's all i'd want is to get into that game where you get the and or the with that's the best yeah um but i think that's a pretty good transition can we talk some gary oldman
2: yeah so gary oldman people well we've talked about him before we've talked about so, him so
0: but we got to talk about what we discovered last night
2: yeah so for <laughs> those who have not seen this movie gary oldman like if you watched it you probably would like end the movie and be like, so who was Gary Oldman? That's because he's the guy in the crazy, crazy makeup. Like he's disfigured because of what Hannibal did to him. Yeah. And he's, which doing- I was very
0: disappointed that that's what Hannibal did to him, but we'll get into that.
2: Okay. It um, didn't
0: seem that crazy. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Okay. Um, so he, yeah, so he like also does this crazy grating voice
0: kind of and
2: oh uh, my gosh and that's when it finally was kind of a light bulb that went off for us on gary oldman and i think we've for personally for ourselves have figured him out for us
0: yeah so do you so so we we grew up knowing gary oldman mainly from um for me i would say the dark knight trilogy and then for you the dark knight and and harry potter yeah And we realized last night, because earlier, or in in 2020, he was in Mank, which is a movie that by now he's probably won an Oscar for. No, he
2: won't. He won't.
0: (laughs) But I must say, I think his performance in that movie is awful, personally. I think it's a very bad performance. Yeah. But also, no, I think it's a bad performance. Yeah. Um, And then he won an Oscar for Churchill, Or um, Darkest Hour, which is not a bad performance, but it's very big. Yeah, It's it's very big. He's in uh, makeup and stuff like that. And um, I feel like there was something we watched recently, too, besides Mank, where we were like, man, he's like big in this movie.
2: Yeah, I can't remember.
0: Now, when you put up those performances, Mank, even Darkest Hour, if you put those up against um, him in uh, Harry Potter and Dark Knight, he is playing maybe the subtlest he has ever played anything in as Sirius Black, and um, I cannot remember the policeman's name in Gordon as or, or as Gordon.
2: Um, I I just think that last night was like we finally reached a threshold of the amount of Gary Oldman movies we've watched, and that's when all of the equations and algorithms worked in our brains, and we were like, "Ding ding ding, got him, figured them out." Because <laughs> yeah. it like fit like. Fe- realizing that those <laughs> it's are like he- how do
0: i even express this realizing
2: that those are as subtle performances the two that you mentioned in in movies are that are never- not subtle movies yeah and we've never considered that before
0: but that's like how we knew him whereas i think our parents grew up with him in air force one fifth element um leon the professional uh-huh. and so in those he's like
2: what about, how was he in tinker taylor oh he plays dracula this guy's big he, like, yes,
0: but it's like we we did not grow up in that that Gary Oldman period. Yeah, so we knew him as this like wonderfully understated cop in Gotham that's just trying to do his best and help Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah,
2: and be a good dad.
0: <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's his most subtle and toned down performance, I think, is Gordon. And then uh, as a second, I would put Sirius Black. Um, and it's just wild because. Mm-hmm. When I was watching this movie, I'm like, man, he is just, he, to quote blank check, he loves to bathe in the river of ham and he loves to drink out of that river too. I mean, he is one of our hammiest actors and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We need ham.
2: We're not saying he's a bad actor.
0: No, but I think that that helped me because I remember watching Darkest Hour and just being like, geez, geez." I mean, he is playing a big historical person, Uh but it's like, dude, this is a huge performance. And by then he had already won the Oscar. And I think that year there were like two or three other people I thought were had a better performance. So I was yeah. like, come on. But, but now I'm like, okay, no, I get it. That's, he's, I guess he's pretty toned down in Churchill. <laughs> or y- Darkest Hour, right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: And he likes to do voices.
2: He loves to do voices. And yeah. this one, by the end of the movie, I could not take it anymore. No. I couldn't take it. Yeah. I it, ended up hating it. But I you're kind of you're kind of supposed to hate him as a yes, character.
0: But I think when you couple that with him just being in Mank where it was impossible to hear any of the dialogue in uh-huh, that movie uh-huh. and then this weekend we also watched Tenet twice which is impossible to hear the dialogue. It was like, "No, I want to be able to understand uh-huh. my characters."
2: <laughs> I agree. And I think pretty much everyone else would agree with you.
0: And and to quote my letterbox review of Mank, I said I will give Gary Oldman twenty dollars if he enunciates in his next movie, and I stand by that. <laughs> if you enunciate in your next movie, and I get to meet you in person, I'll give you twenty dollars because I would just love it if you enunciated.
2: Do you remember? I don't know why I remember this, but I'm remembering it right now when Jack White did his Am X American Whatever <laughs> uh, live uh performance on YouTube and he mm-hmm. you get to choose who directs it and he chose it Gary Oldman and the moment they like were met in this, for the first time met they tackled each other and started Jack, fighting.
0: Jack jumped up and tackled him.
2: Yeah. That is cool. That was cool. <laughs> that was definitely when I saw that I was like, this Jack White guy's cooler than I thought. <laughs> and I already thought he was pretty cool. And I think they like drew blood.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> anyway. actually smart, though. If you're going to work with, like, a really famous, prestigious person, if you tackle them or do something really crazy, you break you break the tension of, like, celebrity. Well, you just saw, you, know you see I mean? that, and
2: you're like, oh, he's wanted to do that ever since he's known about Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah. He just so probably saw him in a movie, and he's like, I want to tackle that guy.
0: Yeah, so... That's Gary Oldman, and yeah. we thank you for listening to the episode, folks. We that also, was worth the price of admission alone.
2: We also—I have I don't think we had covered him in the last movie, so I'll cover him now. Frankie Faison, who plays uh, Nurse Barney. Um. So is he is in the last movie? Oh, I guess I should confirm that, but it seemed like the same guy.
0: I couldn't tell, and it's been ten years, so it's a little bit tough and to tell. I gotta go back. I gotta go so back. So let's see. I want to look too. Here we go. It's a race.
2: Yes, Barney
0: okay cool
2: it is him um so he is in the grudge the killing of kenneth chamberlain the village uh it's a show not the movie um i'm your woman *Grey's anatomy the expanse and a, like hawaii 5 like a lot of tv shows and then And then um, Ray Liotta is also in this movie, which is kind of crazy. Never thought we would cover Ray Liotta on this podcast I know because he's not a franchise guy. No, Um, not that he's publicly said that he's just really not in franchises, though. Um, He is, of course, Henry Hill and Goodfellas, which we watched recently. And gosh,
0: I mean, it's it's a perfect movie. It is. Um, The movies really just don't get any better than Goodfellas. Man. Yeah,
2: he's so good. And then he's in Narc, Marriage Story, Shades of Blue.
0: Oh, I've always oh, forgotten wow. he's, he's in
2: Young Sheldon. Oh, whoops. Um, Modern Family. You know, a lot. They of... got
0: him in Modern Family. That they got rules. him in Modern
2: Family, and they got him in. Um, there was something else. There was something else. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Cool. Uh, but, you know, he he's so big now. He shows up in something, and you're like. <gasps> They got yeah. Ray Liotta.
0: He's in Killing Them Softly Killing too. Them. I think
2: he is. I remember that. I, I, um, I'm pretty sure he's in that. Which is also a great in, movie. Uh, Sin City. Cool. Yeah.
0: He he's, he's good great. at being smarmy.
2: He really is. And then uh, Giancarlo Giannini plays Inspector Rinaldo Pazzi. Pazzi. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in Quantum of Solace. Wow. Love, love and anarchy, Casino Royale. Okay, he plays Rene Mathis. Do you know who that is? No. Okay, well he's in a couple of them. I mean, uh, I think
0: he's like a one or two scene guy. You know, he's with and everyone with the
2: computers, probably. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, Man on Fire, Catch Twenty Two.
0: Okay, he's he looked familiar, and you yeah, named did. like four movies that I've seen him in, so that makes sense.
2: <laughs> and then, um. The guy who plays the doctor for Gary Oldman. Oh yeah, uh, Zeljko Ivanek is his name.
0: That's cool. Is it a Z or an X? Z. Wow.
2: Oh, he's in three billboards. He. Oh, he's I a feel... cop in three billboards.
0: Okay. There's... If you
2: saw him, you'd know.
0: No, I no, I can see him. I, there's something that he's in that I really know. It's Seven like...
2: psychopaths.
0: I feel like it's he's in like twenty four or something in like Bruges.
2: that. In Bruges. We've seen him in a lot. I think that's what you're feeling. Um but Twelve I feel Monkeys, like, the show.
0: I think I saw him weekly for a while there.
2: Did you watch Twelve Monkeys? No. Did you watch Suits? No. What about Madame Secretary? No.
0: Uh Keep going back just a little
2: further. Uh True Blood. No. <laughs> uh, uh uh White Collar. No. The Mob Doctor. No. <laughs> The Born Legacy.
0: Uh, I've seen that, yeah.
2: Tower Heist. Dudes and everything, okay?
0: Can you just go to, like, the early 2000s and just see if there's any shows?
2: The Job, ER, Dancer in the Dark, Homicide the Movie. Oh, that's not a show. He's in Black Hawk Down.
0: Okay, I should probably (laughs) give it up.
2: Crossing Jordan. Twilight Zone.
0: Was that about you? Crossing Jordan? No,
2: (laughs) different Jordan. Okay. And then I think that's it, actually. Pretty much, because we covered Julianne Moore before.
0: We have, yeah, for our Jurassic Park Two: The Lost World episode with Nick Turner and Lyra Smith. Mm -hmm. Check it out. So the movie begins, and it's a black screen, and we hear this guy kind of talking like this about stuff, and we see Barney Mm -hmm. and the caretaker and Gary Oldman in the crazy makeup. Mm -hmm. Now again
2: really good job on the makeup. The
0: makeup in this movie is really 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 insane.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and they're talking about something and the guy, the Gary Oldman character is buying Hannibal stuff off of like the market, like the black market. Yeah, so
2: he's well I don't know what they were talking about before, but he sells him Hannibal the Hannibal mask. Yeah. for $250,000.
0: Which it looks a lot different than it did in the other movie. It's green now, which it was oh I, don't I just think just it think was that's green. The lighting. But um, so okay. Well he he sells it to him and then it's like Hannibal. And right there I'm kinda like, Oh, this is sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um I actually think it's slightly less interesting that this guy has a connection to Hannibal than if this movie was about this weird person who is obsessed with the serial killer that but never met l- him.
2: I think it's interesting. Well, it's not as interesting as the last movie, but even Buffalo Bill in the last movie had a connection to Hannibal.
0: That's true. So That's I kind of think
2: it's like fun that this is this world is very self-contained. Yeah. For the most part.
0: But I would like like, if, if, if the movie was made now, I think you, and maybe you couldn't back then, but you could tap into how right now there's there's been, over the past, like, five years, this almost movement of taking figures like Ted Bundy and mythologizing them. Mm-hmm. And in a way, being, you know, having Twitter threads where people are talking about how hot Ted Bundy is and Ew, stuff like that. really? Yeah, that kind of stuff is out there, and... It's like we've we fetishized serial killers yeah. and it would be cool if they ever made another Han- like remade this movie. It would be Oh cool yeah, that would
2: be interesting.
0: If they severed the ties with the characters they've never met and it's this person who's just obsessed with Hannibal. Sounds
2: like maybe we should just watch the TV show. I mean, I'm not saying that happens in the TV yeah. show, but we might get some form of that from it. Yeah.
0: But I mean, come on, that's a pretty good pitch. Give me that. Yeah,
2: I'm just saying you might have a solution.
0: <laughs> but um, which yeah, when we're done We're
2: watching the TV show, by the way.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited to watch it. Yeah. We we've been we've been ugh, Mads Mickelson just just always killing it. Yeah. Um But yeah, so they let's just talk about him for a little bit.
2: Mads Mickelson? No,
0: no. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> no, uh the Gary Oldman character. Okay. So he he was like a pedophile person yeah um and he would have like have these camps and stuff with with kids
2: this is how much you got out of that part
0: i was so taken
2: aback by the style choice of shooting that it really was like i had a hard time understanding what they were saying
0: well it was i think they made a wise choice at at doing a little more um little more like we'll just let you fill in the blanks in your head because it sounds like
2: different way i hate that stuff that they did
0: no i mean just with his backstory like i'm kind of glad they didn't get into it although it it does make the ending where his caretaker throws him into the pigs seem a little out of left field because if you didn't catch the one sentence where it's implied that he was a pedophile or is a pedophile? Oh, I think they
2: make that pretty clear because um, when because that part is revealed when Clarice goes to well, we maybe we should not talk about it yet, but she goes to yeah. interview him and is talking about his sexual assaults. Like, so she also makes a note, this guy lives in a mansion, like a straight up mansion, and he is so rich. I think he's like a senator's son or like was or something. So he has all this money and he basically bought his way out of prison time for his sexual assaults.
0: Yeah, because he has immunity from the government. And then they get
2: a little bit more into that, maybe with a throwaway sentence about what the sexual assaults were that I missed and that you picked up on. But they made it very clear that he's a sex offender. Yeah. But, okay, so we see um let's not get there yet though. yeah you're right you're so right. <laughs> we're we see clarice pretty much right away after that opening scene and she is working with the fbi and they're in seattle and they're working at, it sounds like with the seattle dea or something mm-hmm. like someone like that so you have two organizations butting heads about what is the right thing to do and she's a woman so they don't want to do what she wants you just can assume that that's what's going on because she's the only woman working with yeah. these men yeah um and they're at like this market in Seattle and there's expected this drug deal going to go down. This big drug kingpin lady is going to be there and they're going to arrest her. That's the plan. But they're armed to the gills yeah, for anything to go wrong. So, uh, which of course it's a movie things go wrong. Yeah. And there's a bunch of shooting, like five people die. The drunk drug pin lady has a baby in front of her and Clarice shoots her anyway, which was kind of insane.
0: It really was. It was kind of crazy.
2: I just don't like this scene was not It was the, the I don't my know. problem
0: with this scene is it was more interested in the action than the characters. Yeah. And it wasn't a good intro for Clarice.
2: And like too and I I kind of like I understand what they're trying to do with his, her character or even the 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 right writer trying to do with her character because the whole point is she is really good at her job and she was doing what she had learned to do in Mm the situation and it sounds like she got burned for doing the right thing yeah um and they're telling her basically that she was trigger happy and she's like i just did what i was trained to do and that's but what it's the whole also like an is.
0: impossible shot to make. So it's a li- like she's been shot and she's flying backwards and she manages not to kill a baby. Is I know, and like, she
2: shoots the lady like right over the baby's head. Like yeah. you see, like the blood spray like right over the baby's head. Just yeah. kind of weird. Um,
0: but but one thing uh, like to to compare it to the previous movie is this movie still is dealing with sexism uh-huh. um, in in just life uh, very but, lightly. But yeah, but I think something that's really easy they could have done. Um, and, and I think a lot of my complaints, I, I would actually issue less at the movie than I would issue at Thomas Harris. Now that I know a little more about the book, Uh um, because if you're re if you're changing a lot anyway and trying to stay true, like you might miss some of these things that seem like the way to go, you Uh know, but before they start that raid, she calls everyone off Uh the raid. And then this one guy's like, no, we're here. And he just does it anyway. Yeah. So they could have explored like she's taking the fall for this man's mistakes. Right. That's in that's that's some interesting and that guy like nev- sexism. He's
2: not in the movie after that scene.
0: No, and 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 she never is like, well, he called it in.
2: It almost was like that should have been like the Ray Liotta character. Maybe. You yeah. Because yeah. she's fighting with him the whole movie. Right.
0: So um, yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about that. Um
2: No, I just think it it'll, for me it, it simply boils down to just come up with something else for this open, for this scene. I just didn't think it worked on a lot of levels, but the big thing was she shot a lot of people and she got in trouble for it.
0: Yeah. now she's like getting investigated and stuff like that. And, um, then we find out like, then this is when she goes to Gary Oldman's house and she has a conversation. Because he
2: says that he has new information on Hannibal because Hannibal fled and he is a fugitive.
0: Yeah. Um, And so he was the fourth victim of Hannibal. That's what they say, Mm -hmm. but he got away.
2: Mm -hmm. And so the only one that survived.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. I missed that. But, um, cool. Um, then they, they do these flashbacks where they show that Gary Oldman was definitely trying to get intimate with Mm -hmm. Hannibal. We see like Gary
2: Oldman's a little bit. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Because he also has like all these sex toys and stuff that he's like showing Hannibal. Um, which is one approach when you're Which meeting like, your psychiatrist, I guess. I
2: would say probably inappropriate that he's just going to your house in general. Yeah. But obviously. But he's that's a killer, not, so. And this is fiction. And, yeah, he's a murderer, so he probably wanted to go to his house to murder him. Or so, do whatever he wanted, but. Yeah.
0: And so Gary Oldman takes some drugs, and then while he's taking drugs. Gives him. Okay, I think I, think I missed uh, it that. It doesn't
2: really matter. He takes drugs.
0: But Hannibal tells him, you should cut your face off. Uh And so he starts cutting his face off. Now, I just, I know that Hannibal has powerful words. Uh But I feel like they either shouldn't have shown this and just said that Hannibal, actually, this is what they should have done. They should have like the guy in the cell in Silence Mm -hmm. of the Lambs that he convinces to kill himself. They should have just told us That he convinced this man to try and cut his face off under the influence of drugs, which would have been way scarier than watching it happen. Because when I watched it happen, I was like, oh, man, I thought Hannibal cut him up. That that would be more interesting. They also
2: showed, remember the last movie, they talked about the nurse who, like, he ripped her jaw off, basically. They showed it in this movie. It happening. When, in the last movie, we talked about how terrifying it is that all we see is the guy showing Clarice a picture that we don't even see. Like, it's that horrendous. But then in yeah. this movie, we get to see it, and it's just like, I think the other way was more effective. Yeah. But yeah, I, we got to talk about how this part was shot, though, because it is...
0: Oh, the flashback?
2: Terrible. Yeah. I hate... And this happens a lot in movies, this style. What What is it that's going on? Well, I think it's,
0: I'm not sure, but it's a lot of like blown out lighting. It looks like long
2: exposure almost because you get those streaks, but it's also yeah, slow motion. Yeah. Oh, I hate it so and much.
0: I, I mean, I i think it's a style preference on our part. And yeah. I think it's something that like, if you watch a movie from like 98 uh-huh. to 2007, like every third movie is going to have this. If Especially oh, if yeah. there's a flashback. Lord of the Rings has it. Yeah, but those all work. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no. I'm saying that they've worked like, because we were when we were watching the movie, we were talking about what you just said. And I'm like, it, I, I remember he, M. Knight does it in The Village, and it worked for me in The Village. But in this movie, he does it for so long, for oh, long stretches of time. We're
0: talking about something different.
2: Oh, what are you talking just about? Just slightly.
0: The, in the flashback scene, it's also like blown out. And what does
2: blown out mean?
0: Like, I think it's like overlit and like...
2: Oh, I'm talking overexposed about. Overexposed
0: or something, but you're talking about they'll film something in like twenty-four frames a second or and then they'll um slow it down. The, li- the
2: lighting, all of it looked terrible. It looked absolutely terrible. But I'm specifically talking about what you're what yeah. you just said. Or, I or
0: it's either I can't remember if it's shooting in at a low frame rate and then speeding it up. Yeah, it's something. No, it's it's the, the other opposite. way. It's it's shooting um
2: at a high frame rate, but slowing it down.
0: It's shooting at like 24 frames and then also slowing it down so it becomes really choppy oh
2: gosh it looks so bad most of the time but like i said in the village when m night does it i think it's a really effective because it's really scary In lord of the rings he'll do it for only two seconds maybe yeah and and like uh, like i think it can be effective to show disorientation And I think in this movie, I have never seen someone use this effect this often in a movie, but it is all over this movie. And there are a couple times
0: go back and watch gladiator. Okay. Okay.
2: But in this movie, a couple times it made sense Yeah, because of the disorientation part of it. The scene though. Yuck.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one it's, it's a early 2000 thing. And then two, I think it's a Ridley Scott thing. Yeah. If you watch a lot of his movies, you're going to get that effect. Yeah. Um, so, on the one hand, it's kind of like, well, why critique reggae music when you don't like reggae music? Well, that's how it you feels,
2: know. and I hate it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But I do think it was overused even, you know, at any level. Yeah, and movie. then
2: to go back to story-wise, like what you were talking about, how it's just kind of a bummer for you to see it and see how it happened, him ripping his face off and cutting it off, all that stuff. I agree with you on that. Just mm-hmm. like, I, I think it would have been more effective to not have seen it for... Clarice to sit there talking to him and like th- it's all parsed out in the story and the dialogue, like in the last movie where a yeah. lot of things were parsed out and the dialogue and you just felt really gross.
0: Yeah. But again, on the other hand, I do want to say that I wanted this not to be like silence of the lambs. So I think I would prefer in a weird way. I think I would prefer this to like a bastardized, Demi version of this movie where someone's like, no, we have to make it just like Silence of the Lambs. And you're like, yeah, but you know, it's really boring, but the, but the book isn't good. You know, it's like, this makes sense. And I think, um, again, knowing all the stuff about the book, not being so good. I think Ridley Scott actually is able to key into some of the, like, he's like, but the plots interesting, even though it doesn't work. I don't think that well, he's, he's still able to be like, let's kind of pump up the like intensity and not go for the characterization because it sounds like the characters are kind of chewed up and spit out in the book. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. let's.
2: Which I appreciate him for doing. Yeah. Making these changes and doing these things. I don't know if I'm a fan of him, period. And I think this is the movie where I'm kind of figuring that out. There are movies of his that I really enjoy. Love Alien. Yes. Uh, Gladiator, I remember being good.
0: Gladiator's amazing. It's good. It's uh, amazing.
2: That's about all I can remember right now.
0: Yeah, Prometheus is great.
2: Oh, Prometheus is good. I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, the more we talk about this movie, though, funny enough, the more I think I'm, I'm go- I'm like kind of giving Ridley the benefit of the doubt and kind of going, I think...
2: You did what with, you could, buddy. With the
0: cards you were dealt, uh-huh. I think you kind of did the best you could do. Yeah. There's just certain stylized things that I would change, but also like 20 years later, he would change too. Also you know?
2: to point out too, because the source material seems pretty... Uh, whatever Julianne Moore's performance is very forgettable
0: well it's tough because she's following up Jodi
2: I know I know and she's obviously not trying to to do what Jody did and I appreciate that
0: she takes the I'm a hard ass route whereas Jody is much more layered than that yeah Um, and I I don't know I'm not like super well versed in all the different uh, southern accents but I feel like Jodie, already in normal life, kind of has a little bit of a twinge to her voice, mm. like Matthew McConaughey. Mm. Um, and Julianne Morris is like...
2: Uh, it's okay. I mean, it's whatever. She it was, I, I it was like she's, just so distracting. I think she's just doing what she can. <laughs> that's, how, yeah. that's how her performance feels. Yeah. She feels so one-note about everything and then because her character is written so poorly it's like what is she even doing in this movie in the last movie it was proven how good of an investigator she is and now she is an agent and she's just sitting in front of a tv monitor the whole time
0: but to which and i want to just say what i said last night to the audience this was that weird time in history where computers were still novel. And so you watch yeah. movies like this and, and they're a like... fun
2: time capsule. Yeah,
0: they're like, we want to show you them typing and stuff. And we're Which, sitting there and we're going, it's 20 years later. I'm tired of seeing computer screens. What's,
2: what's weird though, when it's not weird, it's just a choice that was made. But because the movie is more plot heavy instead of like investigating yeah. the psychology of all of it, it'll cut back to her after a while and you'll see all this new like... I don't know if it's evidence, but like stuff pasted to the walls. You know, she's she is investigating, Uh, but that's all that's the only reference we have that she is still doing her job, right? Because even at one point, they're like, Are you even doing your job? And it's like, I don't know if she is, (laughs) I don't really know what she's doing.
0: But then Hannibal. He is in Florence, Italy, a mm. place we've been. We saw a couple locations that Jordan and I have been to,
2: which makes sense that he would relocate there because in his cell, he had that picture that he drew of the the Duomo. Yes. Which is where which is in Florence and, and we have seen it with our eyeballs.
0: We have And he's just very, you know, he's a classy guy. Yeah. I do do think Anthony Hopkins' performance is still great in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's He's still like- probably read
2: the book and he's like, I'm just gonna do what I did in the last movie. (laughs) I,
0: I did see another great quote where people were like, how did you get back into the mindset of Hannibal? And he just said like, I showed up on set, I did the lines and I like,
2: Performed. He's like, "What more do you want from me?"
0: <laughs> he's like, "I did think about how it's ten years later. It's ten years later in the book too, so I took that into account. But other than that, I did what is called acting, and it's my job."
2: Yeah, he looks like he's having a great time, and he I think a lot of like that is having fun. Is good with the acting because he's free man. Well, uh-huh. like he's a fugitive, but he's free now. Yeah, and he seems very happy. <laughs> <laughs> but he wears a sweet hat.
0: He wears a great hat. I love the hat. Um apparently in the book he has like uh reconstruction surgery or like he wears like bandages oh, or something a tourist thing. I think so. Um, that but so it,
2: lame to me to, that that is like a, that would be a plot device. It's yeah, just kind of like,
0: but Hopkins thought of it more as like, he's, he's cocky enough that he's like, I'm hiding in plain and sight. And
2: that's more interesting.
0: And I think that's more Hannibal too. I think so too. Um, so I think they nail that part of it. Yeah. Um, but he sends a letter to Clarice and he p- puts like certain smells on it and then uh-huh. the actor who plays Hector Salamanca in Breaking Bad shows up this time with an italian accent uh-huh. and he he uh was it At- yeah it was italian and he well, sniffed it i don't it. know
2: they didn't say but he had an accent
0: okay and he, they're um,
2: sniffing it up and they're <laughs> which, giving her sense
0: I want to know if that's a real thing that
2: happens. I know. I'm like, these people's jobs are to sniff things? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> and like, not only that, they know what it is. Yeah. I don't have senses even close to that.
0: It felt pretty implausible, but it also is like, why would you make this up for a movie? I, it's also how it felt. Yeah, you know?
2: yeah. I thought it was funny, too, before that. So she gets this letter from him, and the letter goes over. He finds out what happened in Seattle, mm-hmm. and he sends her a letter about it. And he's just doing his Hannibal thing, trying to, like, seduce her. Yeah, Not, like, in that way, really, but just, like...
0: Well, we, yeah. Well, in the
2: book, yeah, but, like, I'm trying to take it as, like, seduce her just, like, psychologically. Cat and mouse. Cat and mouse, know? yeah. But uh, it's funny when she's having that guy analyze the, um, the letter for not i mean they get a fingerprint but she doesn't need a fingerprint but also like what kind of paper is this what kind of Uh ink is this and this goes back to the time capsule of computers he's doing it all on a computer Mm -hmm. when it's like i think that it would be more visually stimulating (laughs) if he's under a microscope yeah yeah but it's too fun not to do it on a computer in this time
0: (laughs) yeah um but basically they're able to like figure out that he's in italy uh-huh. from this but yeah. obviously he wants them to find that he plays piano thinking about clarice with her pictures as sheet music that was kind of goofy i thought yeah
2: he but kind makes of her like very I well it. endowed oh no that's something else makes her very um busty there's yes. a lot of busty pictures of clarice yeah a lot of weird. people are
0: drawing clarice
2: Na- yeah even the naked. the italian police officer that's been like on the phone with her is yeah never seen her before doesn't know who she is
0: and i uh, that to me reeked of like either there's a cut scene or or it's one of those things where maybe like while they're shooting the movie they're like let's just shoot all this stuff and see if it amounts to anything
2: and because was weird. there was like
0: no payoff for it or anything like that and i i didn't understand but what they're, they're they were for- trying to
2: with it at that moment it's just like maybe he was going for a thing where it is kind of like all these men are just objectifying her like that's all they see when they look at her Mm -hmm. but because her character was so stale in the movie there was no like her proving herself or fighting for herself or you you know because like in the last movie like everyone was flirting with her and there was a lot of interesting stuff about that, like the way she dealt with it.
0: We talked about that last week, and you know what, folks, go back and it's listen to it's hard not to compare this to the
2: last movie. You it's have to not.
0: That's, hey, that's what this show is. That's the true. MPU.
2: But um, at one point, I mean, kind of early on in the movie, we meet Ray Liotta. He's some government guy. I don't really get it, but him and Clarice do not like each other. Yeah, you already you go in and they're like, oh, they hate each other.
0: And Ray's like my easy number two performance in the movie. Yeah,
2: he's really he's good.
0: really good. Um.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I got nothing else on so, him. So
0: so now let's talk about the police inspector in Rome. Yeah. So as they're trying to find out in America where Hannibal is, they're requesting like footage from this perfume shop. And while they're doing it, this police inspector is sitting there and he sees Hannibal and he accesses the FBI's most wanted mm-hmm. list and he sees, "Oh my gosh, it's Hannibal Lecter."
2: But he's a di- he goes under a different name obviously. Yeah. I don't remember what his alias was,
0: and then he's like, Cool, let me look into this some more. Then he finds out that Marcus the um or Mason, I'm sorry, wait hold on though. Oh okay. three
2: million dollar reward for turning in Hannibal
0: for, yeah, and that's that's what the detective up-
2: sees. Yes, And he's like, "Oh, there are dollar signs in his eyes. Literally, they put dollar signs in his yeah, eyes. Yeah, which
0: was so confusing. Yeah. He went ka-ching, and then Mr. Scrooge was in the background. He tipped his cap and winked.
2: And said, humbug. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, I was thinking Mick Scrooge, actually, from D- Donald Duck. Oh, you know, I mean, he, DuckTales. he would say that. Yeah. I mean, he is Scrooge, you know. Um, um, anyway. Mason. So then Scary. we find out that Mason is putting up that $3 million reward. Gary Oldman. Yeah.
2: That's the first time you've ever said a character's name.
0: (laughs) It's true. Um, Mason slash Gary. So the guy is going, this police detective's going, okay, cool. I'm going to try and...
2: Easiest $3 million I've ever made. Yeah, he's
0: only on the top 10 FBI Most Wanted list. Easy.
2: Right up there with Osama bin Laden, which (laughs) they really made a point to show.
0: (laughs) They did. And this would have come out, um, I guess, before
2: before it went down September
0: 11th that's interesting
2: oh wait yeah what month did this come out
0: because this came out in february
2: oh yeah okay
0: so i mean i guess he was well i know he was bad before that but Uh i didn't know he was he would be someone that like american audiences all would be like oh that's him but they definitely like point him out um anyway that's neither here nor there so the detective gets a pickpocket to try and get a fingerprint of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Now, when he's doing this, this this pickpocket is like chasing him through the streets for a while, which was sort of funny.
2: Yeah, it was a long time, but uh, but, they, but they established kind of like that Hannibal was on to him.
0: Yeah, and that's not that's And
2: I think the sets were cool, like the location was <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I'm
0: not, I'm not blaming the movie. It was just yeah. kind of like okay, yeah. Um and you're you're kind of sitting there like. I know what's gonna happen here. Oh yeah! And then Hannibal just quietly stabs the guy and keeps walking. Uh-huh. But the guy gets a fingerprint, uh-huh. and then the detective um, pulls his hands away from the carotid artery uh-huh. and lets the guy bleed out.
2: Okay. I'm assuming that's a panic situation.
0: No, I think it's a it's a oh, I don't want him. loose ends situation. Oh okay. Um,
2: oh, and then he cleans he wa he literally cleans his hands. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think yeah.
0: that detective's not on the level. Yeah. Is, um, what what we're Well they, they
2: established when they introduce his character cuz he goes to Hannibal because Hannibal's trying to become like a librarian or something <laughs> yeah. and the, his predecessor disappeared so the detective is investigating that and Hannibal because he knows everything is like, "Oh, you were working on this case though I thought in the papers. You must have been reassigned. I hope it wasn't for bad reasons." Yeah. So you're kind of like, "Okay, this detective might not be the buy the books kind of guy."
0: Yeah. Um so all of all of that's sort of interesting. It 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 is the second act, and it I do appreciate that it that the story's trying to do some other stuff, but it is a little. It feels a little misplaced.
2: Yeah, it just feels all over the place. I I don't know. It,
0: I mean, it makes sense to me reading that the book is six hundred pages. Now I'm like, oh, oh I shoot. get it. I get it. Okay. Because they had
2: a hard time.
0: Yeah. Adapting and, this. Yeah. More and more, I'm like, they did. I think they did a good job. <laughs> Um, so basically more business Then we find out that, that, that detective, that Italian detective is the, um, descendant of this Patsy Patsy, Patsy. who Patsy, who was, um, hanged at this square in, in Florence For and murdering someone. I like this scene. The yeah. scene was pretty cool. Cause they're, they're like, okay, we're going to capture him and then we're going to get him to Mason. Mm-hmm. Great. And I'm going to get my $3 million. And then when they're going in, um, let's see. Yes. So they, uh, Anthony Hopkins is like running a slide and he's talking about, um, what's his face getting hung Judas, Judas hanging himself. And,
2: and it's specifically the art artworks that depict this and commemorated and
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
2: I, it sounds like that was like his audition to like officially become the like you know? I think like a
0: historian or something. But I like mean,
2: that. when I say librarian, it's like some crazy yeah art art library or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, all of that, and then um, the guy talks to him afterward, and then Hannibal ties him up, and he hangs him off the balcony, and and there's a lot of tension in the scene. It's pretty cool. Um.
2: Even the bowel removal, Micah.
0: That part, I'm I was like. <sighs> It it felt like this movie was just so like PG thirteen, and then all of a sudden it was like really hard R.
2: The it all made sense per Hannibal's Hannibal's character, like Uh he would do something theatrical like that.
0: Yeah, but it it just um like from a filmmaking perspective, it it like all the all the gross scenes like really grossed me out. Yeah. Whereas in the other two movies, I was grossed out, but in a way that I felt. I was like, my stomach was turning and what I was seeing was oh, yeah. really, like really wrong. disturbing. Yeah. Um, and this was a little bit more like, oh, he just disemboweled that guy, <laughs> sick. Okay. Like, like give me some more popcorn, this is awesome. It's how oh, the violence okay. felt in this movie to me a little bit. A little bit more like, yeah. Oh,
2: absolutely, teens, I agree with that.
0: Teens are into this violence, whereas you watch the other two and you're like, <laughs> you're at the sleepover and you're like, yeah, Wasn't that funny?
2: When he like put her in the hole.
0: (laughs) But I am going to, I'm going to stay at home tonight, but it's not because I was freaked out by the movie and need to go and like sleep next to my parents. It it was, it was totally because, um, I I forgot to feed the dog and my mom's going to ground. She grounded me. Sorry guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so there are giant boars in this movie.
2: Yeah. And they play boar on the floor.
0: Oh, don't even take me to that. <laughs> Go watch Succession, folks. That's some scary stuff. Yeah. Um. There's giant boars in this movie, and those pigs are cool. They are cool so scary. And scary. They're really scary. But I liked. I liked that, and I felt like there was some cool kind of not symbolism, but it's cool how like the previous movie Silence of the Lambs, and then like pigs are featured heavily in this movie. Sure. So there's like this farm animal kind of thing. Um. I had a note because they they show them around this time but it, it makes more sense the payoff to is later talk about it later yeah um
2: so, so he hangs him disembowels yeah. him clear he gets clarice on the phone for a second realizes that she's been contacting the inspector and then you know he goes to america mm-hmm. yeah
0: and then while he's in america i he, he kind of stalks clarice and ray and, liotta and ray liotta yeah so we're kind of we're kind of at the end we well that
2: middle part is just so big
0: yeah i i skipped through a bunch of notes and i didn't even realize we had passed them but i think it's like what oh it's just like the specifics and i think it's fine to to pass it i think we've covered that section Oh well, um, it
2: is important to note that. So Clarice has been working on the Hannibal case, and Ray Liotta was talking to Gary Oldman about something, and uh, Gary Oldman agreed to pay him five hundred thousand dollars if he gave this forged. I think it was a forged postcard from Hannibal that would be sent, yeah. and it basically like discredited anything like it made Clarice's job because it looked like it was addressed to her and it made it look probably biased, you know, like
0: well, I think it referenced something to their romantic entanglement,
2: something like that, which would defraud her from working on this. So they like suspend her. Yeah. Um. So it's like, I mean, you knew little Ray Liotta was not a good guy, but now you're like, Oh, he's like a bad guy. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then, and then there's this big, there's this big scene. So I had forgotten at the beginning of this episode, to talk about when I first saw this movie. Now, yeah. this is the first time I saw the movie, but when I was a kid, like pretty young, I was at my grandparents' house, and I was upstairs in in like my little section, and I had the TV on, and I was flipping through channels, and I flipped through, and I saw this crazy-looking person it's drinking out of a cup on a balcony. And that was that Gary Oldman scene where Mm. he's talking to Ray Liotta. Mm. And it was this kind of like very grotesque, like I can kind of remember the feeling where I was like, what is this? And just thinking, oh, this is bad. Like if my parents walked upstairs, I'd be in trouble. I don't know what this is. But then like flipping away from the channels and then coming back to it. Mm. And so I came back to it at the scene we're about to discuss where Julianne Moore is on the phone with Hannibal and he's like leading her around cat and mouse and mm-hmm. then he reaches out and touches her mm-hmm. on the carousel mm-hmm. and I, for until last night I thought that was at the beginning of the movie for some oh, okay. reason I thought that scene was at the beginning of okay. the movie and so I was a little confused <laughs> until that happened but. Um, and then finally, I you know I went away from the channel again. I was probably like listening and seeing if my parents were like coming upstairs or my grandma or something. And so like going back and forth. And then, and then I flipped it again, and I saw the scene where Ray Liotta he takes off the top of his scalp and fries his brain. What is this brain. on? Is this daytime? I feel like it was TNT or something like that.
2: And it was but daytime.
0: I think it was. It would have wow. been a Thanksgiving weekend. Wow. I I you know what I. I bet they were doing like, it's Thanksgiving and Hannibal's coming for dinner. Oh. Like, it's time for a feast. That
2: doesn't feel like a TNT thing. I could see that being on AMC.
0: Maybe AMC. Maybe like AMC. Spike. Maybe Spike, yeah. Um, but because, uh, again, like, if you just edit a couple of things out of this movie, it's pretty much PG 13. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Hard PG 13, yeah. but still. Um,
2: you mean TV 14?
0: Oh, yeah. But anyway, that was my experience with the movie. So it always had this kind of like grotesque feeling, and I've oh, yeah. kind of avoided these movies. Well, I have until now these movies, and I think part of it is seeing that imagery as a kid, too young to see them. it. But I um, know
2: that for me, I have a memory with this movie specifically when I was very young, uh, like a kid, and I was at a friend's house who I played sports with, and. Uh, they were definitely, like, of a family who they just could watch anything they wanted, and I could not watch anything I wanted as a kid. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, at one point, my friend, I think, even said, like, do you want to watch a movie? Like, let's watch Hannibal. And I was <gasps> like, oh, no, my parents won't allow me to, like, they don't allow me to watch that. And then, do you, have you seen the cover of this movie? Yeah. It is freaky.
1: It's
0: it's. And so I
2: remember at their house seeing the cover of the movie and feeling, and, like, having that gut feeling yeah and i knew like and i think just based on the cover i didn't even know what the movie was but i just knew like i looked at it and i was like i'm not allowed to watch that i just (laughs) know by looking at it and i was just like no i can't watch that
0: oh man i think um or they had a uk um promo for the movie where it's like hannibal's face like all split up and like sewn together and i looked it up before we Uh started recording and because it was banned, they were like, "No, we it's can't put these crazy? posters up uh-huh. in the subways in in London and stuff like that." They're like, "No, stop!" Um, and it's pretty freaky. Is it? I mean, we've all seen a lot worse by now, but I mean, it's it's like, yeah, that's too much. That's too much. Because they're
2: like, kids take the subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, carousel.
2: So um, she gets suspended. She goes home. She the, kind of throughout the movie. Ever since she got the tapes from Barney that were recorded of her and Hannibal talking. She has been listening to them. Yeah. So, um, which is
0: weird hearing the audio from silence of the lambs and and then hearing hearing Julianne Moore, Julianne Moore talk over it.
2: Yeah. And I get that. But, um, so she's been like listening to these tapes and even listening to Hannibal talk about her to Barney and, um, she falls asleep. Hannibal is at her house, but she doesn't know. And when she wakes up, she knows that he's been there. Yeah, and he calls her, and he takes her on this chase.
0: Yeah, um, and then and then after the chase is done, like, uh, Mason's he, team gets yeah. Hannibal. Yeah, and Mason wants to eat Hannibal. Yeah, or or it's all
2: all revenge. His all his motivation is revenge.
0: Or actually, have him be eaten by the pigs. Well,
2: it sounds like he wanted to eat him, and then I'm like, wait, but now you're feeding him to pigs. I don't yeah. get it.
0: Yeah, he did say he wanted to eat him because
2: he said, first we're gonna remove your feet and eat your feet. And then over the next seven hours, we're going to be preparing your body to be eaten. I'm thinking like roasted over a spigot. But, uh, then he was like, and then we're going to make sure you're alive the whole time. Like uh-huh. We're going to hook you up. And then they just take him straight into the pig thing. You're right. And it's like, you're right. So he's all talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's still going to pot- die a painful death, but yeah, I thought that was funny.
0: So then there's the big pig scene. Uh-huh. Um,
2: Clarice saves him at the last moment.
0: And they get out together and I do like how Clarice gets shot mm-hmm. and Hannibal like picks her up and he's like, I'm going to take care of her. Uh-huh. And, and I did not read that as romantic, <laughs> but, but we know that Ridley Scott was not interested in that part of it. And I'm very glad he was. Cause I liked the idea of like hearkening back to silence of the lambs where he goes, no, 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 this would be improper for me to let this woman die." Yeah.
2: That's how I took it too.
0: Yeah. And because I, even
2: when she was, um, uh, freeing him from like his restraints, she was like, do not touch me
0: yeah and uh and so then the the caretaker pushes gary oldman Mm -hmm. um into the pigs i do feel like there should have been a scene with the physician that that showed gary oldman like treating him really poorly or something
2: i agree all they really shot showed was him like yelling at the guy sometimes throughout the movie
0: but it didn't feel it felt to me like yeah if if i was in in as much pain as i'm assuming this character is in i'd be yelling too
2: but if (laughs) you you want to read the book it sounds like that person gets uh their due but i have no interest in reading about that based on the synopsis not worth it yeah
0: his caretaker is his sister in the book and there's a lot more where that came from.
2: Yes. Um, and we'll end it there. Yeah. So Hannibal takes Julianne Moore to... Um, Some Ray,
0: mansion. Oh, it's Ray Liotta's mansion.
2: Well, like his lake house. Yeah. Um, what's a mansion to you?
0: Uh, anything bigger than three bedrooms. Okay.
2: <laughs> yep. So she wakes up. Uh, well, he stitches her up. She's, you know... The more makeup
0: f- on her stitching is crazy too because it, it looks infected. They did a good job. But also I was like, please... I need to not see that anymore. I know,
2: but she's morphine the F out. Yeah. And throughout this time, Hannibal changed her into just such a terribly revealing dress that it's just yeah. like, Oh, this is an even bigger bummer now. Yeah. But she is stumbling around. Can't get her bearings. Does call the police has the wherewithal to do that, but then is trying to go downstairs and figure out what's going on, but also like defend herself. Mm-hmm. And then, And then what? Well, kind of while that's happening, we're hearing Ray Liotta and Hannibal talk. Yeah. And uh, Ray Liotta sounds a little strange. And she goes into the dining room and Hannibal's just cooking. Like, nothing's weird. Yeah. Uh, Ray Liotta, he he looks, uh, you know, very calm, very happy. Simple as that. And they have a great dinner together and... Right off and into then, the sunset.
0: And then credits roll. Yeah. No, then uh Hannibal this is probably like the most famous scene from the movie, I'm assuming. It has to be. Um for the most part, the effects hold up. Yeah. Um there's still a little bit of some maybe aged CG on it. Oh, I, I didn't
2: think. notice anything. But um, also it's hard to look at.
0: Yeah. But but it's like a mix of like CG and puppetry and actor and makeup. Uh-huh. So um I think it works pretty well. Um but it's, Hannibal takes off yeah. the guy's scalp, yeah, and then he cuts off a piece of his brain. After he rips off the the, the protective membrane. membrane, that to me was like, oh my gosh! I mean, you rip off the oh top. My <laughs> gosh. I know, I know.
2: You rip off the top of someone's skull; they're going to be out of it. So Ray Liotta's out of it. And I do remember I saw this scene specifically on TV years before I even saw the movie, and my I was old enough that it wasn't shocking i mean it was shocking but not as a kid yeah. and i was asking my dad like what is this movie and like what's going on and he's kind of describing hannibal as a person and i'm just seeing all this brain stuff and i think it was like a teenager and as a teenager i was like this is so cool yeah what is going on anyway what i do think is interesting about this scene to show uh hannibal i don't know it's a good hannibal moment he's talking about the brain and he's talking about which part of the brain they should eat and he takes out his prefrontal cortex because that's your decision-making and your judgment part of your <sighs> yeah, brain. So yeah. he's he's removing that part of Re-Liotta. Oh,
0: It's so nasty. And he says some
2: pretty, like, mean things to Clarice. Makes sense. His prefrontal cortex was just ripped out of his skull.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So... It's hard to it's hard to talk about the specifics of the brain. The more we're talking about it, the more I'm not feeling well. I know,
2: and his acting is like way too good. <laughs> scene.
0: Yeah. It's um, it's an effective scene, and I think I think it that is kind of like, well, I mean that's a pretty worthy payoff to the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: To get to that scene.
0: Yeah, and and he cuts off a little piece and fries it and feeds it to him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean that is some. I mean I think even still we're 20 years past this movie's release and that to me was still like oh th- this this still is shocking to yes. me yes um so i think good on you ridley um so that seems crazy then clarice tries to make an escape she's unsuccessful the sh- she then uh
2: did you think he cut off her hand no he didn't did you think he, he did. oh
0: oh yeah uh, i did think
1: that
2: yeah
0: yeah she handcuffs herself to him to keep him there until the police arrive and then he says oh this is gonna hurt and he takes a knife and he
2: cuts off, slams hand, down. You but assume he,
0: he cuts it down off his hand instead. Yeah. And then we see him on an airplane, and he brought food with him on the plane, and he has a pretty little
2: pretty nice spread, if you ask me.
0: Yeah, um, he he has a little Tupperware with like some really gross, like for lack of a better term, gray matter, mm-hmm. and it's just funny. It's funny when you know, like m- movies and scripts and b- words and stuff sometimes just don't make sense because the kid's like, man, that gray stuff looks really good. And you're like, no, it doesn't. It looks disgusting. Uh-huh. I would never eat that. I And if I was a kid, I would not be interested in eating that. Uh-huh. But he's like, ooh, you have good taste, my boy. My it's, mommy always
2: told me, always try something new.
0: Yeah, never be afraid to try something new. And he feeds the kid the brains. Um,
2: and he likes it. Kid likes it. He's hooked.
0: Which kind of like, I, I kind of like that ending, even though it's pretty hammy, um, or brainy, yabbing. Um, <laughs> because it f- kind of reminds me, it like harkens back to the ending of *Sounds of the Lambs, where he says, I'm having an old friend for dinner. It's like, yeah, I kind of like him being on a plane, feeding a kid a brain.
2: What, I, I it's don't a know. brain plane. The, the like end of this movie, it, it fe- felt like there was no resolve for anything, is how it felt. Like, the only resolve I feel is Gary Oldman got his due. He got what was coming to him. Yeah. I don't know. That, like, that. that's kind of it. Like, okay, yeah, Ray Liotta, that bad thing happens to him. But did he really deserve that? I don't yeah. know if he really <laughs> deserved to be fed his own brain. I don't know. Yeah. And then, like, Clarice gets out. He lets her go. And, I mean, I prefer this to the book, 100%. But they just, like, see her trying to look for Hann- Hannibal. And uh-huh. it's like, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot to be desired for.
0: Well, and and I think because they are following the novel so well, and then the novel ends with them going off off into the sunset together. And so I think there is kind of a weird disjoint in the movie because they've been following the novel, and then they're like, well, this ending's crazy. Whereas, even though I'm blaming the faults of this movie on the book, I really am, um, it feels like maybe in the book he is leading up to that. And so then even if it's not satisfying because you didn't like it, it's still, like, a satisfying ending. Whereas this is, like, it's leading up to that, and then it's, like, well, that ending's stupid, and then, but we weren't building up to this ending, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But I lay the fault at the book. Um, I don't want to read it because there's too many things that we found in the details that I don't want to read about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it was certainly an interesting watch. Mm-hmm. I think when you take into account the book, I'd put it more on the, it's, it's not a movie I really like, but I think they did the best they could. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was kind of, it's been fascinating to kind of try and figure this one out a little bit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree with you on the story slash source material. It's just an interesting case where the book is not better than the movie. Yeah. Um and and the, I know
0: we are saying that as people who haven't read the book, but I think I think, I think, you think if you if you judgment. read the differences between the book and the movie, I think you would probably agree. Like, and I think Jonathan Demi and Jodie Foster not wanting to be in this is is a, telling, pretty telling. Yeah,
2: in terms of like the movie, I I think there was just some stuff that I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying about it, but it's okay. Yeah, I've seen worse movies.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a pretty much a product of its time as well. You know, it's, it's not timeless like Silence of the Lambs, but I think sometimes we can be unfair to movies when they're not timeless. You know, when you look back and Mm -hmm. it's like, well, you got to think like in 2000, this is a pretty sweet thriller, you know, or 2001. Um, but yeah, so interesting. I mean, we got to meet the art director, Mm -hmm. so that's freaking cool. And this is probably our best episode ever now. It'll yes. be hard to be dethroned now. Wow. But we still have two episodes left of Hannibal. Is that right, Jordan? Yep. Check my notes. What's next? Next week, it's Red Dragon.
2: We've already watched it.
0: Not quite like this, huh? we haven't. So let's talk about it next week. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear us talk about uh, Zoolander you gotta go to www.patreon.com slash m-i-c-a-h-m-c-c-a-w. Sign up for as little as $3. Um, go listen to that episode. Go hang out with us over there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun stuff. It's pretty consistent. There's gonna be a lot of good stuff on that website all the time. Mm-hmm. So pump us up. Mm-hmm. Let's go. <laughs> and guess what else? If we get 50 patrons, we're going to launch a Patreon-only podcast. The MPU goes to Emeryville, and we're going to finish out all the Pixar movies, whether they have a sequel or not.
2: Wow. And we'll do That's all a pretty sweet deal.
0: upcoming Pixar movies, too, when they come out. Oh, so my gosh. get us to 50. Let's go. It's only a cup of coffee. Who's that peeking behind the bars? That's Hannibal. Who's that played by four different stars? That's Hannibal.
1: And whose face is detachable? That's Hannibal. And who's everybody's favorite cannibal? That's Hannibal.